just before I went off on holiday a few weeks ago, um, I was having a catch-up call with one of our um, our clients and uh, we were chatting through some significant shifts that he had made in the business and one of which was getting rid of, <laughs> I say that in the nicest possible way, one of his clients and uh, ironically it's, it's, it's based around the pharmaceutical industry um, which is the uh, one of the examples I'm going to use in today's podcast. And uh, this particular client, uh, I won't get into too much detail because I don't want to reveal his sector, uh, his specific pharmaceutical sector. But but really, his the people he was working with and what they wanted was totally at odds to what they wanted to pay him and what he could deliver. Um, and it just brought me to the point of thinking, you know, this is still a key area that many people gloss over because the recruiters are such go for it people. They think that they have to work with everybody and they can deliver for everybody. But there is a different way. <laughs> if you actually look at the ideal person to work with, both from a client and candidate perspective, can make a massive difference. And that's the topic of today's podcast, so let's get into it. Welcome to the Recruitment, Marketing and Sales Podcast. An obsessive focus on marketing and sales is the only way to accelerate your agency growth. So listen in now as we share the latest strategies and techniques guaranteed to deliver you more placements and profit. Well, hi there, everyone. This is Denise from Supervised Recruitment with the Recruitment Marketing and Sales Podcast. And we are, believe it or not, on episode 189. And the Superfast Daffy has snored on many of these. I thought I'd just alert you to the fact that I'm recording this podcast today and she has decided to come and grace me with her presence in my office. And she's just by the, uh, by the, she's in a little basket here, snoring her head off. So if you hear any sound effects on the side, that's, that's what it is. It's not me with a bad sort of chest or anything like that. Anyway, today's topic is all about identifying the right candidates and clients for your business, particularly key, I think, moving forward. Before we get into that, um, if you're new here, welcome. Great to have you. Um, you can get a full transcription of this podcast by going over to the Superfast Recruitment website. If you just go on to the latest blog posts, you'll find it there. And also strongly suggest that it might be time to audit your marketing. Even if you did this last year when we first launched our our checklist, um, if you've got a copy of it, then I'd suggest you print it off and do it again and just see what, what what's happened over the year. If not, then go to superfastrecruitment.co.uk forward slash MCL in lowercase. Pop your name and email address in and we'll whiz one over to you by email. The power of automation and all that. Um, there are about 30 questions in there and they'll really help you hone and identify where you're at. And then we base these questions on what's working for our most successful um, sort of clients uh, clients currently. Anyway, let me get into talking about ideal ca- uh, clients and candidates. And uh, a few weeks ago, we ran a, a webinar on, on lead generation. And we touched on this, this topic about ideal candidates and clients because before you start generating leads... 
candidate and client ones, of course, then you need to know who are the best people for you to be generating leads with. So I think one of the things that sometimes recruiters forget, and I know recruitment is very sales led and it's like pick up the phone and just power on through, is that um, there is a rule about quality over quantity. And yes, we understand that having a high number of, of candidates will give you more chance of getting one of them placed. However, it can also be a little bit detrimental. Um, I was watching a video that one of our uh, clients, the lovely Heather, had posted on her um, on her Facebook page about, you know, the fact that she only sends because she knows her numbers really well. She only sends a really small number of CVs across to her uh, clients because she knows that they will actually choose one of them. So that was quite uh, quite significant as well. And it's thinking that because she knows her market so well and also her ideal clients and her ideal candidates that will fill a client's role, she saves herself an awful lot of wasted energy, angst and time because of it. Now, that's the place that really we all want to be in, isn't it? So, you know, let's just think about this. We're talking about candidates and clients in today's um, in today's podcast. And I'll give you some ideas around both of these to think about how you might identify who is right for you. Because, you know, it's the same as well when it comes to um, to, to clients, you know, um, if if you've if you if you're picking up the phone, you're thinking, well, have any client that is not going to work because you might find a client that um, they've already got vacancies that haven't been filled, and there's probably hint a reason why those vacancies haven't been filled, or you find out that they're actually not quite in your sweet spot. Talking to another um, client of ours, Rachel, a while ago, and she was saying how because they'd done such a fantastic job in uh, recruiting for one particular, um, let's just say, uh, particular type of role that the client then wanted them to recruit for all the others, um, which were totally out of their sphere of uh, of knowledge and contacts. And it's sometimes, you know, being very mindful of when you're working with somebody, if that's going to happen, because otherwise you are not in your your unique abilities and you can spend an awful lot of wasted uh, wasted time. So, you know, business 101, you do not have to work with everybody. Um, so it's l- let's be frank about it. Only in choosing to work with the right candidate clients are you, are you going to grow. Um, particularly, you know, as we move forward um, with social media, with the, the the amount of competition there now is in the market, it's really, really key to be able to make a stand and actually decide who is it that I want because it's it's important to be able to attract, but also to be able to repel people there too. So, where can you start? thinking about identifying the ideal uh, type of uh, uh, candidate and client to work with. So let's start with clients first. And this is a methodology that we recommend to everyone to to consider. And it's called the BANT method. So you may be wondering, what does that mean? (laughs) So we're looking at budget, authority, 
need and timing. And these are all really, really key. So um, to, to identify quickly and you can eradicate any leads as well. You know, is this someone that I should be working with? You know, if someone rings in and they're asking about, you know, can you help them fill some roles or you're going out prospecting, then uh, it's a it's a good idea to have this uh, to have this in your in your mind when you you do those first um, conversations. So the first one, obviously, is budget. And if you know that to do and to deliver a really really good service, then your fees have to be twenty twenty five percent thirty percent. Then it's no point working with somebody that never ever has paid over 10% and is never, ever likely to ever do that. You are wasting your time and you're wasting their time too. So, you know, you need to be thinking about that when you enter into a, a conversation, particularly, um, I appreciate that, that many people do negotiate on, on, on fee. Um, uh, we, we don't. Uh, just because you know I'm a I'm a service provider too, so I think it's uh, you know it's it's all fair that this is the this is the cost and this is what you need to pay and this is what you're going we're going to deliver for for you. You know you are providing a valuable service and that service costs X, whatever X may might be. So you know I always think whenever we get someone haggling over price, and you know back in the day we have agreed to work with people like that. Um, it never ended well. So, you know, just think about if you are, um, you know, identifying client, have they got the budget? I know this sounds a really, really simple thing, but often people think, oh, yeah, well, it would look good on our, you know, testimonials or look good on our case study page. Well, maybe, maybe not. But, you know, the, no one wants to work um, for someone and not make any money doing it. So that that's a, a key point. Authority. Now, um, this can happen for, for many of us. And uh, again, you know, often you, you might be in a situation where you think you're with a decision maker, um, whereas really, you know, a couple of check questions um, initially, you know, um, who do, who needs to be involved in this conversation before even start it? Worse still, if you've got in your car and you've driven to a, an organisation, you realise that someone isn't there that you need to speak to, um, that that is key. So make sure that those two are completely ticked off, first of all. Now, next, let's talk about um, need. You know, we've been working with recruitment companies for actually fast approaching 15 years now and totally get, you know, in the market in which we are all operating in at the moment, um, people need recruiters. <laughs> Because they haven't really got the knowledge and expertise to do their own recruitment. They may have an internal recruiter, depending on the size of the organisation, of course. Um, but as a general rule, you know, uh, uh, recruitment organisations have access to a bigger pool of candidates. You know, they've mapped the market. They know who's around. They know who, who's available. They, as part of their service, provide you know, uh, can can provide the right candidates. I mean, that's a given. You know that. I know that. 
However, you also need to make sure that when you are talking to someone, they are bought into the idea of, um, you know, working with a recruiter and the fact that they, you know, it's a logical way for them to spend their money. And sometimes you do have to point out the obvious to people. Um, and we, we have a, a couple of uh, our clients that have massive databases that are actually clean as well with like, you know, 20, 30,000 candidates on them. So, you know, that is a great selling point. So you need to make sure that they have a need and they understand that, you know, the roles that uh, that, that you can recruit for, you can deliver on. Now, the, the final one is timeline. And, you know, we've all we've all done shopping, haven't we, where we've gone out to have a look at what's available in the market, how much is it going to cost me? Um, but again, this is important because if if you, you're with someone, so yeah, we're, we're doing a, a big recruitment build, but it's not going to happen until, um, you know, six months down the line. Well, that's fine. Just park it and move on to something else. Because for, for all of us um, as business owners, we need to be thinking about our short term cash flow and our long term plans as well. So, you know, spending a lot of time and effort on something that isn't going to deliver for you till way down the line again is really really um, important and many people forget that so just run people through that band methodology in your mind have they got the budget have they got the authority to say yes and sign off the job order and um, you know need they, they they obviously they have a need but also you need to think about timelines as well so let's move on to how do you build your target candidate and client profile? Now, one of the things that I'd strongly suggest you do is I would go back through people that you have worked with in the past, the really, really, really easy candidates to place, the ideal companies that um, you've worked with in the past that pay well, are a joy to work with. That is a, there's a big clue there in who, in who they are. So, um, what, what what that will be based on as well is is some of the things about that individual that you can identify that will help you with your marketing and will help them stand out. Now, the main points to consider here when you're building your 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 client and candidate personas, avatars, whatever you want to call them, it all means the same thing really. We'll focus around a, a couple of a couple of key areas. And uh, there's three I want to just talk about quickly today, just to make you think about things. The first one is geography. Now, um, I was at a presentation um, at the, the start of the year about exactly what candidates want when they are looking for their next role and their key their key areas, and one of them is location, 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 location. Um, in the name of a, a very famous uh, TV program in the UK, um, so geography um, is is a key factor for many many candidates. Depending on the role, of course, um, you know one of our you know new team members basically uh, had had been at university and then wanted to come back home to to Cumbria, and uh, we were very lucky managing to snag her and get her to, to come and work with us. But but one of her main criteria, apart from the role, yes, um, was the fact that, that that we were actually based in Cumbria. Um, now, that's probably the same for you and for many, many candidates. So, you know, that's something to consider as well. But also, I think uh, something to remember is that many 
um, organisations, many companies do like to work with particular suppliers, particularly when it comes to um, someone that's recruiting for them. You know, they well, we, we like to work with people that are in London or we like to work with somebody in Preston or we like to work with somebody in Manchester or Basingstoke or whatever. Not not everyone is focused on, um, you know, working with somebody that, that's online. We're very blessed because people are because we know that we're, you know, we're a, a digital marketing trainer and, and agency. So that's why, you know, people work with us. So, you know, think about that as well when you are looking at who you want to work with. Um, because it may be that you want to work with people within a certain geographic area. Um, and, and again, think about that area that you want to work with. And will that actually help you to, to hit your financial goals? So that's another little thing to, to consider about too. Well, probably not little, probably a massive thing. Um, so think about that too. Now, the other data that we suggest people look at is there's two things really. There's, there's demographic data. And there's also psychographic data, which sounds a bit woo-woo, but I'll explain both of them. So um, w- while we're, we're moving away from, you know, um, a, a time where business decisions are really, really based on stereotypes, there are some key points to consider about the demographics of your your client your your clients and your candidates as well because it can make a real difference to their emotional drivers and no matter what you think people make buying decisions based on emotion and drivers first and then they start to justify it with with logic afterwards so you know the decisions we make when we are single compared to when we are married are very different. Um, you know, let's be quite frank about it. The decisions we make if we are male or female, there's different elements to them that pushes in different directions. You know, if you have a young family or if you have elderly parents that, you know, need to be looked after or factored into everything, all these are really key in influencing what drives us. And What's amazing is if you can tap into what drives people, particularly around creating your marketing, creating demand for your product and service, and then, of course, how you how you sell to that that individual and influence, it makes a massive difference. Now, here's something that many people this is this is part of the secret sauce. And a lot of we we teach a lot of this on, um, you know, our super fast circle program, too, is that psychographic element in what's really pushing someone. So, you know, information about a candidate's attitudes, beliefs, interests, personality traits. Um, You know, if you can understand their real core motivations and if they're kind of candidate or client you want to work with, um, then that can make a massive difference to to your business uh, personas. Because you probably realize, you know, the devil really is in the detail. So, you know, there's certain types of clients and candidates you want to work with. But, you know, so how do you go about attracting them? So it's here that you need to go granular. So you need to look at your ideal client and you need to look at your ideal candidate as well through a real microscope. And that is going to help you identify them um, because and I meant I touched on this briefly that you need to attract, um, obviously, the people that you want. But you also need to repel 
other people too. And you can do that in the copy that you write. You know, if you are an XYZ, we're probably not for you. However, if you are an ABC, then we probably are and we can certainly help you. And you'll see that in the in the the copy and the emails that, that we write too. So we attract the sort of the clients that we want to work with and critically who we can actually do a fantastic job for. Because, you know, for us, if we're working with a brand new startup and everything is bootstrapped and everything they want to use everything free or free software, or whatever, we have lots of podcasts they can listen to. However, if they don't want to invest then they're not they're not the sort of person that really we can we can work with and and help. So let me share a couple of examples of how this might sort of work in practice. Very very simple practical ideas around you know looking at an ideal candidate, looking at an ideal um, client and and that profile. So let's use the pharmaceutical industry um, as a as an example. Um, so let's just think about the the client profile. So imagine on your website, you know, take yourself to a place where you're a pharmaceutical recruiter that, you know, so we work with pharma companies in the UK providing field people. Very top line, not a lot of detail. And you could end up with any sort of uh, client working with you. You can end up doing a, a PSL with somebody and getting paid very little um, for an awful lot of work. However, how how about thinking about something that's a lot more detailed? Um, so you're really speaking into your market and identifying who you want, and you can do that when you when you're creating demand through the marketing that you um, that you create and deliver. So so what about you know we work with biotech companies, and you could even say in the UK or in Europe, depending on what works for you, with between fifty to one hundred and fifty employees. So automatically then you are really really honing down. So you're looking at a, a smaller SME business. And we provide specialist managers and team leaders. This this just happens to be a particular growth market as well within the pharmaceutical industry. And what you've done here is you've positioned yourself in a completely different way to two real completely different ends of the market. And because of that, you are more likely to attract the people that you want you want to because I am absolutely certain that if you could work with a pharmaceutical co- co- company um you know as as one of your clients but end up being run around um providing people having to sign an agreement having to work at low fees whereas if you work with a biotech company that tends to be more fast moving then then the whole process is completely different now let's look at an ideal let's just switch uh, switch the um flick the switch even <laughs> I don't think I've got the right teeth in today. It's one of those things, isn't it? When it's been a, a couple of weeks since I recorded a podcast, so bear with me, caller. Um, so let's look at the ideal candidate profile. So here, let's just look at something basic. Still using the pharmaceutical industry as uh, as an example here. And let's just say that your candidate profile, the only level of detail that you, you have is that they've worked with a major player and they've got five years experience. Now, that is incredibly broad. And because of that, you're going to get somebody that's very, very general and is unlikely to be the person that your biotech company is looking for. But if that's what you're communicating and that's what you have in your mind, that that with the laws of the universe, as we all know, that is probably what you're going to attract. And that could be why you're struggling. 
because <clears throat> people are filtering for connections and what what is logical for them and think ah oh, yeah I, i'm ad- that's me i'm identifying that person <clears throat> just as a bit of a side thing here as well that when you are creating your marketing collateral it's great to have case studies with ideal um, clients and ca- especially candidates in this context because that way people will read case studies and they can see somebody like me ah that's me that's that's I, I will approach this um, this organization this recruitment company to work with them because they understand me so that's just something now now something we do didn't mention it before but something we do as well is for our, when we're actually creating our own client avatars is we try and put, um, you know, think we, we go back and we look through our, our fantastic level of clients and range of clients and we give them a name. I won't share any of the names here with you, but, you know, it might be that um, your person is uh, is Jane or your person is, um, don't you just like it when your phone goes off and you think you've got everything sorted out to make sure that all, everything else is off. <sighs> Never mind. Anyway, back to it. So um, thinking about you know, you know, having a name because then you really help that 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 person comes to life. So let's just look at something a little bit more detail when we're thinking about our farmer candidates as well. So let's let's use Jane as an example. Jane's 38. She has a degree in physiology. She'd be an ideal person for our biotech company. She completed a doctorate part time. Um, when she had her first first daughter, Amelia, she currently resides in Horsham. For those of you who don't know, that's in the south um, southeast, lovely part of the country. Um, she lives in uh, probably an outrageously priced four bedroom detached house with her husband. Uh, hubby's a medic, and they've got two children. Um, however, Jane's a bit concerned that um, is she going to get the promotion that she was hoping for, and maybe she's you know starting to look round. You know, very skilled lady, but thinks she might have been out of the market for a while. And so you can see when you're positioning yourself um, as a recruitment organisation that can help that type of candidate, then it's you're giving an awful lot more detail and that will speak straight into you know to who um, who she uh, she is and and what what is really really important to her and, you know we mentioned before often recruiters will say they've had loads of cvs up, uh, uploaded and they're just not relevant well you know think about what are you attracting in um so I hope this has been useful as you're starting to prepare for the end of the year and next year and thinking about who is it that we want or we've worked with some fantastic clients this year, but we've also worked with a few people that weren't quite right or, you know, a few of our candidates that we sent for interview just didn't get through. Um, maybe we're sending out the wrong message. So there's all these different things that, you know, uh, will will come into play for you now if you would like help with this you know if you'd like to do a deeper dive on this then then obviously get in touch with us um you know book a call um various parts of our website there's the different areas where you can you just click the button and and book a call with Sharon or one of the team and we can or myself and we can have a conversation with you about where you're at uh, what marketing might be best for you. And also we can have this sort of a conversation about uh, about avatars. So all about identifying the people to work with. 
that's today's topic. And uh, next time we'll probably have something slightly different. But over the next few uh, few weeks, I want to record a number of podcasts that's really going to help you get set up to have an outstanding 2020. So this is Denise saying bye for now. <laughs>